And it's time for another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast with your hosts, Boo Boo, Biggins, Buford, and goodness knows who else. Y'all pull up a chair and set a spell. And welcome back to glorious downtown Boogertown. I'm Buford. I'm Boo Boo. And you're back with another episode of the Hillbillies in the Holler podcast. Well, well, tell us what we got going on, Boo Boo. Well, I did the chicken cross the road. Uh, to prove to the possum that it could be done. And we have the possum whisperer here with us. I, I thought George Jones was dead. Oh, no, that's the, the possum. The this possum is the possum whisperer. We got our special guests, Van Slager and Donnie Kelly from old good old Monroe County, Tennessee there. And uh, Van was telling me, I said, man, we got to get this on the podcast. I mean, I just know the possum is just something I... Just, you know, plays possum and just seems greasy. It's something you don't want to eat. But tell us about the possum. Yeah, how long do you have to cook it and at what temperature? Well, I don't know about the cooking. <laughs> uh, there's a story that happened is because with what I do, I speak about animal crackers. So it's opened up doors because I speak about animals. I go to churches, rotary clubs, whatever. So like you guys do, I do that with animals. And, of course, everybody's got a favorite animal. And so I meet this lady. And she, we're talking, she goes, I run a, a, a nature observatory. And I said, really? So one of the questions I like to ask, you can find out a lot of people about what their favorite animal is. I never heard anybody say this before. And I just said, well, what's your favorite animal? And she goes, oh, hands down, it's the possum. If you even ask or tell anybody that your favorite animal is a possum, watch the reaction on their face. You can just tell them. So all the animals I speak about, come with a theme like i teach finances with ants you know i'd I show that giraffe was made to be a storyteller and i believe that god almighty created these animals to do a specific thing so she says as a matter of fact she goes i've got one in the observatory that sleeps in a hammock eats cat food and uses a litter box and i said i've got to see this or i can't go on living so she takes me up there <laughs> All right, it's in a hammock, sleeping. She wakes it up, and this is the animal I use when I teach on prejudice, because the possum has a built-in prejudice against it. Absolutely. And everything you hear about this animal is not true. Right. All the way down the list. And she starts introducing me to the possum, and she wakes it up, and I actually... By the time she got through describing everything, I begged her on, I got down on one knee and I said, please bring this possum to all these groups I speak to. And she goes, well, it's hard to handle because it always wants to get down. And I said, why? And she said, because it can smell a candy bar that you had in your coat pocket two months ago. She said, their smell is so far off the chart. That's why they get killed on the road because they're legally blind. Right. So they're only going by smell. She says, they don't carry rabies. No, they can't. Exactly. Their body temperature's too low. Their body temp's wow. too low. They don't do that. They're cleaner than a dog or a cat. Because if you've ever walked your dog, what will a dog do if you don't jerk the leash hard enough? Yeah. Well, they don't do that. But they look like a giant rat. They do. They, that's and it's. But when you really study the animal, is what happens is, is you realize... We have, if you're not careful, built-in prejudice. But what somebody's told us, it wasn't true. Right. 
So when I speak on that one, that's what I use. Because at the end of it, you realize it's actually one of the greatest animals out there. It's immune to, uh, if copperhead bites it, it just keeps on trucking. It's immune to that. It can basically eat anything. Uh, they eat a lot of ticks. Ticks, yep. You need one of those. They eat more ticks in a guinea, which is hard to believe, but they just, and they never get their due respect proper is because the end of the conversation happens when you look at somebody and you see it on their face of, what are you, crazy? <clears throat> it's a disgusting, and that's not true. No. I mean, it's just not true. And so, and so I just, I just thought, I thought, if this is true, I'm going to Google. I got on the computer because I guarantee you somebody's got a possum rehab out there. <laughs> and sure enough. Sure enough. <laughs> there's a lady in Florida, possum rehab, if they get hit or whatever. And she has them in her house. I can't even remember her name. We, I would probably look it up, maybe put the link in there or something. And I thought that was fascinating because anybody around that origin place in Florida, they know about her. And she rehabs them. And then she started, people started bringing her exotic possums to rehab. It's, it's an amazing story in itself. Like, they look like they were, uh, I don't know, all fluffed out like a poodle or something. They, they, they look just different. So they just start bringing all these to her. And you think, well, why would somebody do that? And it's just because of their love for something. So that was just the possum story of how everything you're going to do, just like you guys do, hinges on a story and it's going to be the next person you meet so why do we have the built-in uh, distaste for possums or disgust because it's taught prejudice is taught well and some of the things like like the fact that they get into garbage cans that seems nasty but they're looking for food scraps i mean they're a scavenger mm -hmm. like a lot of other animals they'll they'll if they smell food, they're going to go for it. They don't know that that's our garbage. Exactly. And they probably, if they find something rotten in there, they're not going to eat it. They're looking for good stuff. They're looking for right. things that they can they can eat. I mean, homeless people do that, right? If you're out on the street and you can't get anything to eat, what do they do? Yeah. They're going to eat out of I mean, just, you know. Huh. They got, now I'll tell you one thing about them. They've got fearsome looking teeth and they can bite like anything with teeth. So that's part of it, too. I'm sure it looks like a giant rat, and it's got this mouthful of teeth, which it will bear to, to scare you off. Like most animals, it doesn't want to tussle. It just wants you to run away, and if it goes <sighs> with those big teeth, you'll... Yeah. Then they play dead. Yeah. Oh, I got to tell you this. You'll you'll love this. When I was a kid, we used to do a lot of trapping, and we'd you know sell the hides and stuff. And <clears throat> Possum didn't bring much, but it, it would bring a dollar or two back then, and... So there was this old boy I knew. This didn't happen to me, but this old boy had a bunch of box traps. Now, y'all remember the box traps? They're like a live trap you buy today, but they were made out of pine. You couldn't see them until you got them open. Well, he was going around. He had a, uh, probably five or six of them in the woods and out there near the house. And he was going around, and he opened the first one. There was a possum. He dumped it out on the ground. He grabbed it by the tail, and he shook it, and the possum sold up, you know, and so he's walking through the woods just every once in a while, give that possum a shake to keep him playing possum so he wouldn't bite him. And he gets another trap and he opens it up, pours out another possum. Pretty soon he's walking through the woods. He's got three possums in each hand, holding them by the tails, shaking them. And he gets to his last trap. 
He puts all of them in that one hand, and he reaches down, and he grabs that box, and he opens it up, and a raccoon goes <laughs> right in his face. He dropped possums. Possums were running everywhere. He's trying to get the coon off of him. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things. I wish I'd been there. I wish we'd had a video camera. That'd have been some America's funniest home videos moment right there. <laughs> He's running around trying to catch the possums. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> That's amazing about their immune system. They don't like get cancers or diseases or anything. Yeah, they're one of the toughest. They're one of the toughest down. It's off the charts, and uh, I just, I was just really blown away, just by how magnificent that animal really is. And it just, that's that's what it's, got me about it. Is, you know, the word prejudice means to prejudge, and so when you do that against anybody, like right, you know about like hillbilly culture. How how many times have We've been labeled as ignorant. Mm-hmm. Wow, where did they get that from? You know? Biggins. Probably some of my relatives. <laughs> Biggins. I always I do a line at right. the, when, yeah. I'm, when I'm trying to get my uh, when I'm trying to get my bus group together on the uh, the sidewalk up in, in the Gatlinburg, I'll say, everybody step over this side. We're going to leave a path over, over open over there for all the normal people. Normal is a relative term. I mean, not amongst my relatives, but <laughs> right, right. but yeah, that's uh, that is true. They the uh, pe- people say things about rednecks all the time, just like possums. We dig in the trash. We're lazy. We're dirty. <laughs> that ain't true. We're not. We're not digging in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lazy and dirty. <laughs> when I was a kid, Boo Boo, you know, we'd go uh, coon hunting. And whether it was a black and tan or we we kept blue ticks or red bone or walker, if that hound treated a possum, it was in trouble. And he'd get a little spanking uh, back then. Of course, that was in the 70s. But uh, it was just, it was disgusting if your dog yeah. uh, treated a possum in front of your friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, I think maybe because the hides were basically worth nothing, and uh, and that was not what you trained your dog to. But Everybody so even among coon hunters, it was the possum got a bad rap. You talk about hunting with dogs. I had read something uh, <clears throat> back years ago that I I would have doubted if it hadn't been written by Theodore Roosevelt, and I I believed it because he wrote it. And then the other day online, I actually saw video footage of it. But he talked about hunting cougars out west with dogs and that these dogs would not only tree the cougar but climb the tree and attack the cougar and i saw a video of it online the other day this coon hound type dog was up in the tree with that cougar and the cougar's on a limb and he's on the other side biting at his tail trying um, <laughs> amazing what yeah the teddy roosevelt talked about that in his one of his books and i thought there ain't no way but i actually saw it of course, I believed it because Teddy Roosevelt said it. But well, there's a video on YouTube and <clears throat> kind of along the same line. Is this black bear climbs is running over this hill, and uh, right behind is a grizzly bear, and that grizzly bear is every bit of four times the size of that black bear, and that black bear hits that tree and runs that thing like a squirrel, and it, it, it's almost like a horror show. That grizzly bear is swinging its arms, knocking limbs completely off that tree. Going up that tree, just knocking limbs down with his paws. And that bear is at the very top, and here comes that grizzly. When he gets to the top, that tree leans over with all that weight, and bear, black bear jumps off and runs off. Golly. But the, watching that grizzly knock limbs as big as my legs off with just a whack, 
going all the way up, just clear cut, clear cutting that tree. Golly. Skinning cats. Yeah, oh. I'm telling you. Well, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BigfootSearchGear.com. Do you walk through the forest with an eye open for the unknown? Do you believe that Bigfoot is out there? Somewhere? He may be hiding, but you don't have to. Let the world know you believe. Visit BigfootSearchGear.com for the largest collection of apparel and gifts for Bigfoot enthusiasts. Bigfoot t-shirts, hats, stickers, signs, and keychains, as well as Sasquatch hot sauce. It'll make you howl like a Yeti. Go to BigfootSearchGear.com and enter promo code HILLBILLIES at checkout for 10% off. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. on orders over $25. BigfootSearchGear.com And we're back. Oh, man. Well, so now the possum is the only marsupial that is native to North America. Is that right? That's true. That's true. A lot of people don't know that. They have a pouch just like a kangaroo. Is that what a marsupial is? Yeah, it's animals with uh, the pouches, yeah. There's a lot of them, uh, in, but they're all in Australia. Oh. And I guess I probably some in New Zealand. Well, I, I didn't imagine that. They got a pouch. Uh, yeah, yeah they, huh. have, they have pouches. They, they're, they're babies. Before they're fully developed, the babies come out of the birth canal and they crawl up through the hair on the mother's stomach and then they go into the pouch and her nipples are inside that pouch and they latch onto one they finish their development inside that pouch. And you'll see a mama uh, possum with her babies on her back. Right. Looks like a little school bus driver yeah. riding along with a dozen kids. And then they'll crawl back under and get back in her pouch. Yeah. Here's an interesting marsupial note for you. Did you know that the wombat is a marsupial and that their pouch faces the other direction? Did not know that. And it's because... Most most marsupials, their pouch is right here in the front, like a pocket on your bib overalls. Okay. The wombats is backwards. Because they walk on their hands? Or no, what? because they tunnel. Oh. And oh, and they don't want to get their they don't, Yeah, the good Lord made them where they don't fill their pouch with dirt as they tunnel. I like that. Intelligent design, my friend. Wow. <laughs> so I'm telling that. Donnie on the ride over here, another friend we have, Billy Freeman, Picks up a possum one night on the road. He says, stop, let me get that possum. He picks it up. We put it in the trunk. I didn't know they were marsupials at this time. This is when I was in high school. So Billy grabs two or three of the babies from the pouch and shows them to me. Now, if you don't know that they had a pouch, he's holding three possum babies. And I said, you one sick man, Billy Freeman. <laughs> that you know this <laughs> and that you've done it. And it, no, I mean, I just didn't know he got them out of a pouch. You know, I'm thinking, what in the world did you deliver do? He, he carries them all the time. Yeah, Dr. Just, Billy. And Dr. Goes, Billy. Oh, yeah, man. He said, they've got a pouch. He said, and he showed it to him. And I was I was blown away. Of course, I didn't talk about possums then. That yeah. was just an experiment that well, I didn't have a clue. You know, and there again, another incredible feature of this animal that's always misaligned, you know. so That's wild. Well, that's neat what you're doing going around with a. Uh, uh, your show called Animal Crackers. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's interested in that, uh, you're known as Van Gogh. How can they find you on YouTube or anything? The website is Animal Crackers, but at the end it's spelled with a Z, not an S. Animal Crackers. With a Z. Com. Animal yeah, Crackers. Com. Com. And 
We'll put that in the show notes. But in uh, on Facebook, I'm just you know by Van Slager. But I just use Van Gogh program as my hashtag. But uh, so. yeah, I've been watching online where you go to businesses and co-op schools and churches and yeah, and you just take a lot of things and well, it's it's educational, extremely educational. Like you said, you use this to talk about prejudice, things that are taught to yeah. people. Yeah. Well, you got me curious. What what was you saying about that giraffe? Well. So the giraffe, if you've ever noticed everything about the giraffe, you know, it stands out. This is why we put billboards on highways. If you've ever been sitting in a restaurant and somebody comes in that's uh, over 6'5", what does everybody do in a restaurant? Look at it. They'll stop. I remember one time the Pan American basketball team come in where nobody was under 6'5". That's probably probably the first time I'd ever seen a guy 7' live. And he comes walking in, and I'm, you, you just everybody just stops everything they're doing. So I have learned that that the reason the giraffe was made, the giraffe is really telling a story by this tree that it stands around. And that tree you find all the way in the Bible. So the giraffe is basically an advertisement, and he's telling you, "Look at my height, because I'm designed to eat from this tree." And this tree tells a story. This is why I'm here. So I do this with every animal that I do. Uh, I just finished the zebra. It's called stripes. Everything on the stripes of a zebra tells a story. So you got to ask yourself this question. Why did God make everything so diverse other than to really tell a story through them? Like you just talked about the pouch on a wombat. You know, you could have 10 million years and never get that one right. That's got to be put there right then. You don't have time to practice it. You know, even when a giraffe gets a drink, uh, if he didn't have a restrictor valve, his blood pressure is so high to get blood to the top of his head, his head would blow off. Well, you can't practice that. You're either made that way, right? Yeah. You got one shot because giraffes with blown off heads don't reproduce. So you had to have it done right the first time. Yeah. And so when you start to see this, it's because I think it takes away glory from God. But once you see... and just looking out this window right here, if you if you study these trees right here, they tell a story. There's nothing that God created that, that doesn't if you research it long. Intelligent design. Sometimes people uh, read the story wrong, though. Um, back Years ago, back in the 1950s in uh, Pigeon Forge, there was an attraction called Ware Ford. It was a copy of the original fort that the town was built around. And they had an elephant that lived there. And um, the elephant was very intelligent. He figured out how to open his cage. And he would come down off the hill. It's where uh, Professor Hacker's Lost Treasure Golf is now. Alamo. Uh, the Alamo Steakhouse. Yeah, it used to be Magic World. But before that, it was Wherefort. Well, anyway, this elephant would come down that hill and he'd cross the highway, which was just a two-lane dirt road. But he'd go down to the river by where the convention center is now and he'd play in the water, splashing around. Whatever. So they'd have to go wrangle him up and bring him back. Well, one day... He disappeared from his cage and they went to the river and he wasn't there either. They looked under all the rocks. He wasn't anywhere. <laughs> but he turned. it turned out he was in an old woman's garden. And, uh, well, bless her heart, she'd never seen an elephant before. Probably never heard the word. Yeah, and she didn't know what she was looking at. And she read the story wrong. She called the sheriff's office. She said, Sheriff, you got to come get this critter out of my garden. You ain't never seen the likes of it. It's as big as a house. And it's got the longest thickest tail you've ever seen on a critter and it's using that tail to pull my cabbages up 
the sheriff said, well, what's it doing with them then? She said, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. <laughs> I like she read the story wrong. It's all a matter of perspective. Yo, cabbage suppository. <laughs> <laughs> the old wax pill. Yeah. When, you, when you study an animal, I've already figured this out with the elephant. It's going to take about two years. They're that deep of an animal. Mm-hmm. They're smart too. Well, it takes almost that long time for one to gestate. So yeah, yeah. exactly. They're and, in, I think and, they're in there eighteen months, something like that. There's something built within that. You know, <clears throat> uh, when when an animal takes longer to to do that, it's usually based on its intelligence. And when you start to study that, you think, well, that's you know, that's why it takes them a whole lot longer than it does us. I saw a video. <laughs> We're that's true. That. I saw a video where <laughs> there was every bit of thirty to fifty elephants. And they had traveled for miles and miles and got to the river and they all crossed, but the little one was too afraid and it was crying and pacing back and forth. And rather than it, you know, they, they all lined up and was just, you know, yelling at the, encouraging him to crawl and he wouldn't cross. Well, all of them went back in the water, got with that little one and loved on him and they just went a different way. Yeah. They didn't make him cross. It was amazing yeah. to see something like that about bringing tear to you. Yeah. They have funerals. Mm-hmm. They pick up bones of other ele- elephants, and they do the respect custom. The old elephant burial ground thing is a true thing, yeah. Yeah, it's just, like I was saying, like you study them. There's so many roads you have to go, like the expression we say, how do you eat, eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Because you have to do that in studying it. And that, this is what has blown me away, is God not only designed something, he designed it deep enough. So I was reading one day in the Bible, I didn't even know it was in the Bible, it was about uh, King Solomon. And one of the, and it said they come to hear his wisdom. And if you read far enough, it said he spoke about plants and animals. He was your premier biologist of the time. Hmm. So when people would come to hear the wisdom of Solomon, you know, I always wondered, well, what was he talking about? Well, it tells you. I just didn't know it was in the Bible because it's, it's like one of those things in the Bible. You might read it 50 times, but you read over it. And yeah. All of a sudden you see it for the first time. And so I just thought about that. And so I hope to you know, the rest of my days on the earth is to go around and just share them because the one thing you have to have and even what you guys do is a passion. Yeah. And I get, you probably noticed my passion has yeah. jumped up a couple of notches since I've just been talking because it's, it's who you finally realize what you were put on the planet. But, to do. Well, I knew you was on to something years ago when you started uh, beekeeping. You still? No, but that's what started it. If you got this little time for a little backstory well, to see, Let's, um, let's real quick take a yeah. break for a word from our sponsor, coffeeandsugar.com. And today's episode is brought to you by coffeeandsugar.com. That's K-A-W-F-E-E-A-N-D-S-U-G-A-R, coffeeandsugar.com. Home of Granny's Hillbilly Coffee, some of the best coffee you'll ever drink. If you use promo code HOLLER at checkout, you'll save 15%. Off orders of $29 or more. Visit coffeeandsugar.com and tell them the hillbillies in the holler sent you. And we're back. So we were talking about beekeeping. Yeah. So this uncle of mine, we decided to start beekeeping. And what had happened, I had an injury in seventh grade. I'd turned a backward slip off of a diving board. Didn't clear it. And everything I'd ever learned about animals disappeared. So Boo Boo would tell you growing up that, that I had the 
I'm pretty much out of photographic memory. Well, I would put all my recent into studying animals and stuff like that. And color was another thing. Is uh, And God did this by design because all the way up until about the year when I started 2010, started keeping bees, uh, all that information was gone. But I, but I could read the Bible and stuff, and I didn't realize what God was doing. He didn't want anything to interfere with me learning about the Bible. And when, it, when the time came, it's because once you have a good understanding of the Bible, you can really have a good understanding of the animals you're talking about because they coincide, right? So all of a sudden, I started beekeeping, and I was retaining information because immediately I recognized they're preaching the gospel. They're not, they're not just making honey. This is why honey's in the Bible over and over and over. It's it's a it's a process, and so I developed. It's my first one called Unbelievable. Is the name of it? Oh, that's pretty good. Be be. It's what it, and it's it's the one that's really started everything. And then it was like God healed me. All this come back. I said, God, I will walk through any door you open. And Donnie will tell you, I was fighting tears all the way here today because this is a big deal for me to be with your friends and getting to do what you're doing and hiking and, and doing podcasts and stuff. And so the next thing you know, well, if God did it with bees, what about this animal? And then I went on to ants and the donkey, especially if you see the animal in the Bible, it means something. And so therefore one thing led to another. So God healed me, gave me all that back. And then now I'm doing that where I'm really not pastoring anymore. I'm just, you know, I, I mean, I'm still very, you know. So with the bees, so, uh, uh, I saw in the news where it looks like the population of our honeybee may be dropping. I know why that is. Colony collapsed, uh, Colony they call collapsed. it, yes. A guy from Harvard finally did it. I had told my uncle, I said, it's cell phones. I'm telling you. It's that frequency, isn't it? It's the frequency. Because they're running guy, blind. A guy from Harvard might the hives. A bee, when it's time to swarm, does a high-pitch scream, if you would, telling them to swarm. Well, they're having to compete with frequency, so just to talk, they're telling them to swarm. That frequency, they're having, just to say, go down there, it's being interpreted, we need to keep leaving. And that's why me and my, me and my uncle couldn't keep them, because all they do is swarm. There's just numbers in the air and all this frequency with cell phones and Bluetooth and everything. It's wireless. is absolutely make them go blind exactly. and giving them false information. Exactly. Wow. What in the world are we going to do about that? Well, if we lose the bee, we've lost everything. Yeah. We? Well, if you if you read, and this is my opinion, but if you read the Bible and you get to Revelation, a third of your world supply of food disappears. That's why people starve. That would, that would account for you not having pollinators anymore because that's the number you're looking for. One out of every three bites you put in your mouth, if you don't have a pollinator, you don't eat. Wow. And they're they're disappearing at an alarming rate. So. Well, everybody turn your cell phone off for at least three weeks. Let's see so, if we can't help. So here's what they're doing in China. As This has been for years. I studied this. To pollinate, what you have to do if you don't have a pollinator is you have to take a feather. A feather. Dip it in pollens. Okay. And tickle all those buds. Every one of them. So these people are acting like bees. They're having to, or you'll starve. And there was trees lined up as far as a human eye could see. <laughs> One guy with a What's Sam Donnie down there? He don't mind walking. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, like pollinating, so, though. 
But it's very interesting. I mean, wow, I hadn't heard that. Oh yeah. So when that guy mocked it, that that changed the whole. I knew then, and people are not going to quit using cell phones. No, 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 they're spoiled. Could they adapt someday? Could one hive, you know, the survival? You'd have to mutate, but you wouldn't. It'd be easier for us to change the frequencies of the phones where it wasn't bothering them, but put it on a different frequency. Yeah, I often wonder because you know when those cell phone towers came up, you you go up the t- there's dead birds laying everywhere. It's affecting animals all these frequencies. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, Donnie's talking about today that they're trying to replicate the nose of a dog because if they said if this lady says if they can never even get close to the nose of a dog, she said you'll be able to know if you've got cancer or not with a cell phone. You just rub it like that. You know who's got an even better sense of smell than a dog? Bigger. That black bear. Huh. Yeah. The black bears yeah. they're three hundred times stronger. Like three hundred times stronger than a bloodhound. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, we had one died last summer because it smelled uh, fast food waste in a car, opened the car, got in, the door closed behind him and he overheated. I remember that. I remember yeah. saying that where he's clawed. Well, how about yeah. last month? That bear they relocated to Florida, found its way back up here in Severe County to the mountains to the campground where they picked him up. That's really? insane. To the exact campground where they picked him up and hauled him to Florida, he found his way back. My daughter, Sassy, her car got attacked by a black bear in Florida. She lives in Ocala, and this black bear attacked her car and tore the sides of it all up. She had to get a bunch of body work done. Um, you know, you were talking about telling stories with animals and, and the wisdom in, in them and everything. Um, the old Br'er Rabbit stories that the the slaves told those come from Africa originally. Mm -hmm. And I actually, a few years ago, got to hear an African storyteller tell the stories about the trickster rabbit, which is the ancestor of Br'er Rabbit. And one of the stories he told was about Br'er Rabbit or about the, the, the the trickster rabbit character, um, challenging a elephant to a tug of war. And, uh, he, uh, tied a rope around the the elephant's neck. And then he said, well, I'm going to run off in the woods and get ready with the other end of the rope. And he went down to the beach and he challenged a whale to a tug of war. And he tapped the other end of the rope to the whale's tail. And he said, all right, give me just a minute. And he ran back in the woods and he hollered, okay, I'm ready. And those two were pulling at one another. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but they, uh, anyway, uh, um, we were, we were talking, we were joking earlier at the beginning of the episode about eating possum. Right. I had to tell you all this very funny story. Uh, my, uh, neighbor and good friend passed away just recently he was in his late 80s a wonderful man but uh i went to his funeral and he was from up here in the mountains he was uh, in fact his family had left the national park when ramsey cascades was named after his family and uh they came he lived right across the street from here but at his funeral there was a fella who had known him all his life and this guy was about 10 15 years younger and he was telling the story about when he was a little boy and he'd been invited to dinner over to the Ramsey's house. He said he went over and, uh, and, uh, Mrs. Ramsey served everybody meat and vegetables and everything. And he'd say he ate all the, the meat and just loved it. And so he asked for more and, and, uh, she said, well, sure. And she gave it to him and he said, what is this? And she said, before his mama could answer, the other fellow answered, you know, it's rooster. And so, Years passed. He said it was like 35 years later. There was a bunch of them all sitting around, and they were both there, and, and they were talking about different wild uh, animals they'd eaten. They'd eaten venison and boar and bear and everything. And Somebody said, have you ever eaten possum? And he said, no. 
I never have. And my neighbor said, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. <laughs> he, he didn't know for 35 years he'd eat that possum for dinner. I, I'd never heard that story. And I, I it's one of those moments where you laugh at a funeral. I hee-hawed. Everybody else did, too. But I had a great <laughs> uncle. He, he, he'd trap them and cage them and try to feed them a few weeks, get that game out of them. Yeah. What he called them, get yeah. feed that game out of them. And then he, he could go. You see, you didn't need much grease. It's greasy enough. They say, yeah, they say you don't. You have to be real careful when you pass the platter, or it'll end up in your lap and slide right off. Well, you know, Tommy uh, Ferguson. Yeah, Rod Stewart. His his dad cooked some one night, eating down to Capgrass. We didn't know it. Mm-hmm. We ate it. It it is very greasy, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's his father in law. I'm talking about. Yeah, do what? It's his father in law. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess that's yeah, what I was that. talking about. Yeah. So I guess that's how, where we got it from. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, now you told Boo Boo you had a you had a real funny story and he didn't want to hear it yet. Have we heard that story yet? Which one? You said you had a great story there. And I said, Don't tell me till we get here. Oh, I guess I've already told him. <laughs> I've already yeah. told him. He's already yeah, told him. I've already told him. About meeting the possum lady. Beating <laughs> the oh. possum lady. Okay. Well, we sure do appreciate y'all coming and hanging out with us here in Boogertown again this week. We've had a whole lot of fun talking with these fellers about possums and about uh, uh, last Animal week's episode, crackers. hiking, and we just had a great time. Yeah, go to animalcrackers, with a Z, Z dot com to find out about Van and his talks. You can get him to come and talk at your uh, church or organization. And um, be sure and come and see me and Boo Boo on The Redneck Comedy Bus. Go to TheRedneckBus.com and book tickets for the Pigeon Forge Market. If you're not going to be in Pigeon Forge, check out Nashville or Branson. Those guys are good, too. Uh, We also uh, want you to follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can follow me as Meet Buford. And you can follow us all at Hillbillies in the Holler on all those pages. We especially want you to go to the Hillbillies in the Holler YouTube channel. Subscribe! Subscribe! And be watching our new series, Straight Out of Boogertown, where we get out of Boogertown and go around and see the world. We're doing a lot of episodes about East Tennessee right now, but we're heading out into your neck of the woods soon. So if you've got somewhere you think you would like to see us go, well, you can go to our YouTube channel, watch one of our uh, episodes, and then comment and tell us where to go. Nicely. <laughs> We've been told where to go a lot in our lives. Uh, if you want Hillbillies in the Holler merchandise, go to hillbilliesintheholler.us. You can get Buford merchandise at meetbuford.us or .com. Dadgummit, I keep saying .us. At meetbuford.com. And uh, you can also, um, like I said, come and see us up here. And thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate y'all Follow in the holler. Uh, and Gator, Howie Mandel, is still doing fine. So in the meantime, I'm Buford. I'm Buford. Y'all be good to each other. You've been listening to the Hillbillies and the Holler podcast. Come back next week for a whole lot more fun right here in downtown Boogertown.